Hey, hey, hey! Welcome to Josh Fit Said, a space where you can listen to and learn how to avoid certain mistakes in life, fitness, or business by simply listening to what Josh Fit Said. And today we are talking life. First of all, I want to say welcome if this is your first time tuning in and welcome back if you are a returning listener. I really appreciate every single one of you. All right, so we are talking today about self-sabotaging. Self-sabotaging is a silent killer, y'all. It's the disease you didn't even know you had. It is the hindering block between you and the life that you are dreaming about, all right? I, too up until a couple days ago, was a victim of self-sabotage. But you know what? As soon as I realized it, I decided I am going to do my research and I am going to put a stop to it. Today, I will be sharing with you everything I have learned about self-sabotaging and the things that I am doing to stop this silent killer from ruining my life, okay? So on today's episode, we are talking about self-sabotaging. I'm going to be sharing with you what it is, and the seven sneaky symptoms of self-sabotage. I call them sneaky because they have a funny way of creeping up on you without you even realizing it. And then I'm going to share with you solutions on how you can put a stop to self-sabotage in your life. Okay, without further ado, let's go ahead and dive right in. What is self-sabotage? Simply put, I like to define self-sabotage as getting in your own way contradicting yourself, doing things on a daily basis that interfere with your long-term goals, all right? For example, you say, I want a healthy relationship, but you find that when you are in a relationship, you're always initiating conflict. All you want to do is argue. It gives you some sense of control, for instance, or you say, I want a healthy body, but you can't seem to be consistent when it comes to working out or eating right, right? Or you say, for instance, I want to have an amazing podcast that I'm going to put out on a weekly basis, something of which I will be remembered by. But yet, every time you post a couple of episodes, you find that you fall off. <clears throat> Self, I am talking to you right there. All right, so these are examples of self-sabotage, right? Saying you want one thing, but acting and behaving in ways that prevent you from getting what you want. How do you know if you're a self-sabotager? You have to ask yourself, do my actions align with my long-term goals? If the answer is no, then you, my dear, are a member of the self-sabotaging club. All right, but that's okay. If you're still not convinced, I'm going to share with you the seven sneaky symptoms of self-sabotage so you can diagnose yourself, but I'm not going to leave you there by yourself, okay? I will give you solutions to help stop from doing this as well. So let's go right into it. What are the seven sneaky symptoms of self-sabotage? I'm going to go ahead and list all seven of them, and then I will break each of them down and then give you a solution to them, okay? So the first one is overthinking and procrastinating, right? Overindulgence is number two. Now this one, this one you want to stick around for because it like blows my mind how I will do it and not even know that I'm doing it, right? The third one is initiating conflict. The fourth one is comparisons. The fifth one is imposter syndrome. The sixth one is self-criticism. And the seventh one is questioning your purpose. Do you find yourself questioning your purpose often? Are you someone who's like, why am I here? What is the point of life? This is a form of self-sabotage, whether you know it or not. All right, so let's go. I'm going to list from seven all the way down to one, breaking it down and giving you ways to stop it. Let's start with seven, questioning your purpose. 
People who self-sabotage often question their purpose. They always asking themselves, what am I doing here? What is the point of life? They usually have this feeling of worthlessness or um, inadequacy, like they feel like they are not enough or they are not doing enough. The good news is everyone in life has a purpose, okay? Everyone has some kind of purpose in life. You are on this planet Earth for a reason. Now, a way to put a stop to always questioning your purpose is to start by what I usually do is I sit down, I remove myself from all of the noise so often sit in a quiet space maybe close your eyes if you want to and i want you to envision your dream life okay take as much time as you need when you're done then you'll make a list of everything that you envisioned in this dream life now what i want you to do next is set goals that are in alignment with your dream life so you're going to make a list of goals that are in alignment with this dream life right so you want to ask yourself questions like what do I want to be remembered for? Okay, when people think of Josh Bitt, what do I want them to think of when I'm long, dead, and gone? You want to ask yourself, what do I want to contribute to the world? What can I create that will make a difference? What can I do that will make a difference? And this, answering these questions, having a list of goals, and taking actions on a daily basis that are in alignment with the life that you envision for yourself can help you stop questioning your purpose okay and that is one way you can stop self-sabotaging because you can start living in alignment with the life that you dream for yourself all right let's take it to the next one self-criticism when I talk about self-criticism I'm referring to that voice in your head that is just full of self-doubt that voice that chooses to ignore all of your accomplishments but focuses all of its efforts on your past failures okay that voice that tells you you're not good enough that voice that says girl you really want to try this you just failed at that that voice that says sir sit down somewhere because you know that you're not good enough to do that and how dare you think you can accomplish that that voice that voice right there that self-criticism is a huge sign of self-sabotage okay it usually obsesses over your past and it tells you that your success is irrelevant compared to that of others, which usually leaves you feeling stuck, okay? It leaves you feeling like you're just stuck in life, you're not sure what's next, and this, that, and the third, all right? Now, how do I stop this? How do I stop self-criticism from being a form of self-sabotage? Because what happens is when you have that inner critic talking down at you constantly, you will start to put forth actions that will give you a concrete reason behind your potential failure, all right? So before you've even failed at something, that voice will start to tell you, how dare you, you're not good enough, and then you will then put in actions that will cause you to have a concrete reason for not being good enough at something right? For instance, you procrastinate on that project that you have due and when you have about two hours left to complete the project, now you complete it, you get a C and you're like, oh my god, at least I passed considering the fact that I didn't have enough time. You're giving yourself a concrete reason behind your potential failure, all right? That is what self-criticism does to you. How can we put an end to it? We can turn self-criticism into self-compassion. Okay, you can choose to focus your energies on the things you've done right instead of the mistakes you have made in the past. 
Self-compassion means choosing to be kind to yourself on a daily basis, understanding that people make mistakes and mistakes can be forgiven. In fact, mistakes get forgiven all the time. You just have to learn to keep to start forgiving yourself. Okay, here's an action. Here's a practical step you can do to help with this. What I do every day is I write down at least five things I am grateful for about myself. So in the morning, I always say three, three things I'm grateful for. But what I do to take it a step for, further, at the end of the day, I write down, not just say, I write down five things that I'm grateful for about myself. I compliment myself. I tell myself, well done on that project today. You made your bed today. I'm proud of you. Things like this. So what this does is it puts positive truths in place of those negative lies that I tell myself on, the, on a consistent basis. So that when I find myself thinking about the things that I haven't quote unquote done right, I have something to refer back to full of positive truths that can help me add value to myself and say, wait a minute, but I did this and I did that. I do add value to the world. I do matter. I am making a difference. I got this right. I got that right. Self-discipline here. Yay me. I recognize my small successes. I tell people all the time it's important to celebrate the small wins, especially for yourself. It makes all the difference when it comes to turning self-criticism into self-compassion. Okay. All right, let's move on to number five. Number five is imposter syndrome. Now, this takes self-criticism a step further, okay? It's like, not only am I not good enough, the world knows I'm not good enough is what you're thinking to yourself. You're thinking, everyone knows I'm a fraud. I'm a fraud. Harvard Business Review defines imposter syndrome as a state of feeling inadequate despite evidence of well-deserved success. So you're good. The world knows you're good, but so, for some weird reason, deep down inside, you don't believe that you deserve the success. For some weird reason, you are convinced that everyone deserves it except for you, right? You could have done something wonderfully and you could be an amazing coach and you, your clients have proven success, but somehow you're like, am I really good at this? Am I really supposed to be a coach? And then this prevents you from going out and reaching out to get new clients and help even more people. You start to doubt yourself. You doubt yourself more and more to the extent that you start to lose your current client. This is a real thing, people. I'm telling you, self-sabotage, um, imposter syndrome is a real, real symptom of self-sabotage. And here is how you put a stop to it. You remind yourself, just like the last point we had on a daily basis, that your success boils down to your attitude, your actions, and your character. And these are all things that are under your control. Thus, if you succeed, it is because you did an excellent job. End of story. Okay? If your clients are losing weight, it's because you are an amazing coach. If your students are passing their tests, it's because you are an amazing teacher. And there is no shame in recognizing that the work and the action that you have put in has yielded positive results. In fact, this is something worth celebrating. Okay? So what do you do to counter imposter syndrome? It's simple. Own your success. You deserve it, baby. All right, let's move on to number four. Comparison. Y'all know my favorite quotes when it comes to comparison. I often say comparison is the thief of joy. 
But how does comparison affect you when it comes to self-sabotaging? It says, look what she did, look what he did. And then it causes you to start to feel bad and then stop believing in yourself. The quickest way to lose motivation is to compare yourself to other people. All right. Now it's no longer the inner struggle of you're not good enough. You're taking it a step further by saying, and it's not even like, oh, people think I'm not good enough. You're taking it a step further by saying, I'm not good enough because look how good he or she did something else. But here's how we are going to counter comparison. When you find yourself comparing yourself to other people, here's what I want you to do. Instead of noticing the things you did differently or the things you did quote unquote wrong or the things you did less than, I want you to notice the things you have in common with that person. Or better yet, I want you to notice the qualities about yourself that you consider better than that person. The only kind of comparison that is allowed around here is positive comparison. Okay, that's it. That's how we stop this one thing, this one symptom from causing us to self-sabotage even further. We are going to take it to number three, initiating conflict. This is one that I am so guilty of, especially when it comes to my love relationships. Okay, self-sabotaging by initiating conflict looks a little something like this. You pick a fight with the people you care about. Because either A, one, you're trying to get back to your comfort zone of chaos. For instance, I used to believe that love was chaotic. I used to think that if you love me, you're going to argue with me. If you didn't argue with me, you didn't love me. So to get back to my comfort zone, I would pick fights out of the blue. When things were going great, I'm like, "Mm -mm, things are going too smooth. What can we argue about? Now, I didn't know I was doing this. It took a lot of self-awareness and work, inner work, for me to notice this characteristic about myself. But yeah, either you're doing that, you're trying to get back to your comfort zone of chaos, or two, you're experiencing fear of hurt and rejection. And so what do you do? What's your first instinct? Your first instinct is, I'm going to push this person away. I'm going to reject them before they can reject me. And this helps you maintain some kind of sense of control over the relationship by showing the person that you are making the decisions about their role in your life. Even if in the end, it means you push them away. Even if it means you're making terrible decisions, you're just showing like, hey, I'm in control of the role you play in my life. That is a symptom of self-sabotaging, okay? It's that thing I said in the beginning where you're like, hey, I want a healthy relationship, but you're constantly picking fights. You're constantly initiating conflict. Being good doesn't sit well with you. You're like, oh my God, I'm freaking out. Things are going great. This is how you can stop initiating conflict. I want you to start practicing having open and honest conversations and communication with the people that are important to you. Okay. Now, not only that, you also have to practice communicating with yourself. You have to practice noticing what is wrong. Like, You know, I said this in in the episode, when a child comes to us crying, we say, hey, what's the matter? Talk to me. What's going on with you? You have to start practicing doing the same thing with yourself. When you start throwing tantrums and you're picking fights with this person for no reason, don't blame it on PMS. Sit down with yourself. Ask yourself, what is the matter? Am I self-sabotaging? Did they actually do something that warrants me making noise about it? Communicate with yourself openly and honestly and then communicate with the person that's in your life or the people that are in your life openly and honestly as well whenever you feel the urge to start a confrontation i want you to practice self-control 
Instead of pushing this person away, take a step back and rethink. Ask yourself, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling the way I'm feeling? Is what I'm about to do going to cause me to feel regret later? Okay, cultivate the connections that you have with people by clearly expressing what you want and what you don't want out of that relationship with the other person. Allow them to be open and honest with you in return and be open to criticism as well, as long as it's constructive criticism, okay? So for instance, if you're feeling like this person's about to abandon me, instead of picking a fight and saying, you know what, I don't need you, screw you, go about your business, I'm good anyway. Hey, communicate. I feel like things haven't been going well. I have a fear of abandonment. I feel like you know, you might be thinking about leaving this relationship, communicate with them and listen to their feedback, hear what they have to say. I promise you, this will work so much better in your relationships. You will find that you cultivate longer and happier, not only happier, but healthier relationships with the people in your life as well as with yourself. Okay. Stop self-sabotaging, my love. You deserve love. And the way you do this is by Taking a step back from initiating conflict because you deserve love. You deserve better. All right, let's move into number two. Number two is my favorite, guys. Overindulging. And I'll tell you why. But before I do, I just realized I have been speaking for a while. Y'all know that I don't like to make my episodes way too long. So what I think we're going to do here is we are going to break this into two parts. I'm going to upload this first part as self-sabotaging part one, self-sabotaging the silent killer, doom, 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 or some juicy title like that. And I will upload immediately after part two of self-sabotaging, where we'll be talking about overindulgence overthinking and procrastination because those are the two biggest symptoms of self-sabotaging okay so I'm going to like I said I'm going to upload that episode right now it's going to be one after the next you're not going to have to wait for it I just don't want to drag this out too too long thank you so much for tuning in if you have gotten to this part of the podcast I really appreciate you if you have questions comments concerns whatever it might be, feel free to reach out to me on social. I'm on all platforms at I am Joshbid underscore. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. And until next time, be easy.